I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Second Take Variety Hour here at Brisbane Supernova. I'm Sebastian. I didn't come in drag today, but I'm Alex. <laughs> I also didn't come in drag. I'm Andy Shoster, but I wish I had. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, today we're here at uh, the Brisbane Supernova Yeah, there's convention. nothing more surreal than going from a small enclosed studio <laughs> hidden away in the depths of the Fortitude Valley to <laughs> literally standing in front of a desk with a bunch of sweaty, sweaty people <laughs> walking All by us time. in person. <laughs> Mostly Darth Vader's, actually. There are, there are four simultaneously uh, I've counted so far. Yeah, it's very weird. So we are directly across from the 501st Legion, which is like the official branch in Australia, at least, of the like official stormtroopers and the Darth Vader's and all that stuff. And I thought they had set rules of like, you can only have, it's like Santa Clauses in, in you know Westfield shopping centres. Only one Santa per shopping centre. Yeah, we had like three Darth Vader's standing over there behind us before. Just amazing. I, completely shattered. All, all, all disbelief completely shattered that uh, illusion that that it's that, that is real in any way. What do you mean? There's not three Darth Vaders. <laughs> Come on, they've got to exist somewhere, right? Actually, just before we we started, they had the the Emperor Palpatine's uh, theme going on. So for me, this whole this whole recording has a very ominous overtone. Everything's everything's dark. Everything's sinister. Yeah, I don't know if you could actually pick it up on the recording, but we have a lovely personal backscoring of all the the most sinister music of Star Wars going on. The, us. The best. Right. Simply the best. Um. So we're going to jump into our standard, uh, just the show that we do, and we're going to see if we can snag some people as they're coming by as well to get their opinions on things. But who knows? Maybe that won't happen. Maybe the whole we thing are will in die. a pretty secluded area. Oh, we're actually well, being in a pretty good area, but it, this is now recording this at Sunday at three thirty PM. So in the last two and a half hours of the entire thing, so it is ramping down. Oh so. yes, very much so. The, the the crowd is dwindling. People are tired. I'm tired. Uh, all the booth holders. Uh, Jacked up on caffeine and <laughs> just want to go to sleep. Okay, we have been sitting around waiting for our slot to record this because we're sharing this booth with like 19 other podcasts from the That's Not Canon Productions. And in the last hour, I believe we've gone through two or three coffees each just like waiting. So the, I have a headache, but the energy's there. <laughs> it exists. Right, well, Alex, right. why don't you kick us off? What are you talking right. about today? So. Just recently, I think most people would have heard about this game. Uh, I think, well, I think it's in the pop culture realm at the moment. Red Dead Redemption Two. Now that's uh, the, that's the Western set one, isn't it? Yes. So set in eighteen ninety nine. It's the end of the the Outlaws of the West okay. sort of era. Everyone's sort of coming into uh, abiding by the law and uh, settling down into uh, more civilized. Uh, 
existence. Would you would you describe it as as a cowboy and Indians GTA? Yes. Okay. That's that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. It is it, the same company as well, Rockstar Games. So oh, so it's, it it's going to have lots of little hints and nuances it in it. Literally, is GTA on horses. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I still play GTA Five today. Oh man, so do I. Yeah. yeah. I every time it. I every time I'm I'm driving in a car and flicking through the radio, there's a there's a new little snippet from a radio show that I've never heard before. That yeah, I, I, I double yeah. over in laughter. It's it's so it's so funny. It's great. Like it just um, so yeah. The, it's set in 1899. Okay. So um, there's obviously there's no like tech. Well, the technology is limited in the electronic sort of. Uh, Existence. Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing words here. There is electricity in the game? <laughs> there, there, there is. No. Not a lot. Um, of course. <laughs> obviously, for the time era. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it, like, a couple of, like, things here and there that is probably going to get patched uh, because the game is Please a, do. a new release. Um, so it, it was only released, what, two or three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah probably two or three. Yeah, okay. it would have to be uh, probably three weeks ago now, okay. I think. Um, so... Uh, there's You're getting very co- distracted by everybody walking <laughs> I, past, I, aren't you? I really am. It's, uh, it's really not helping with my focus, focus. I, I don't concentrate great at the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> I put me in a situation where there's hundreds of people. Okay, new podcasting rule for Alex. Small, enclosed, white room. Maybe you just like, we'll get a little oh. box and put it on your head. Yes. The my, like, blinders, <laughs> like a racehorse. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Okay, specifically, there's a couple of money glitches. So the money, obviously, a bit scarce in the time. Things don't cost a lot, but it is very hard to get money. Okay, for Um, example, like you can get a bounty put on you for like $10, which can take you hours of your actual time to make that much money because of how how low money is. Well, $10, of course, back in 1899, 10 American dollars was half of an ounce of gold. Yeah. $20 was an ounce of gold. So in today's, as an equivalent today, that's like $700, $800. So we're at Supernova exactly. and we're learning today. So this is very Yay. exciting. All together now. Education. <laughs> no, wait. Knowledge, Knowledge is powder. So, yeah, um, there's, there's a glitch. Uh, so you can find gold bars, obviously. Gold bars in the time. You know, that's, that's where you make the coin. Like, so... Uh, there's a literally, in fact, that's yeah. what you would make coins in those days out yeah, of the gold. Out, so, yes. out of the gold, you were learning again, down, guys. In, I did it. <laughs> I did a fact. <laughs> well done. Um, so yeah, you, you can find gold bars throughout the world, but there's some specific ones that you can glitch into picking up multiple times. So you got to like look at it, save the game, exit the game, come back into the game, go back to where the gold bar is, and then you can pick it up 30 times. That's surprising for Rockstar that they would have a glitch so so obvious in a in a, in and, a fully formed game. And it's not just the one. Like I've literally like you type in on uh, go to YouTube or something. Type in uh, Red Dead Redemption Two money glitch, and there's like six or seven of these things. The unsurprising fact here is that this game has been out for less than a week, and Alex already has a system of cheats in which <laughs> to bypass all consequences now, for misdeeds. Th- Legitimate cheats. <laughs> yeah. Of course, this is, yeah. this is what I actually wanted to talk My about. My tax returns are complicated. There's so many loops in the system that are fully legal to use. <laughs> People are trying I, to stop me. I literally... I walk up to my ATM, I take out $50, then I save the game, save my game, I go back, and I just keep taking out the $50, and it doesn't detract from my account. Tra- what am I meant to do? You're a trash human being. 
No, 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 that's what I wanted to talk about because it is something that obviously shouldn't be built into the game, but it exists in the game and I'm not going into like a cheat menu and like saying just give me $10,000. No, it's, it's an it's a it's it's a hack that um, that the game developers can can have huge oversight about uh, because you know yeah. every every game will be played to death the second it comes out or even in, in in beta release and such yeah. and yeah. someone will find the hack someone will find the pattern of yeah. doing something that gives them you know a, a yeah. phenomenal advantage Anything. in the game that yeah. was that was unintended yeah yeah so but okay so I've I've got one save game where I've done this <laughs> and I have progressed quite well. <laughs> Having done so, really, that's a, that's a surprise, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I've got all the gold in so, the world, and nobody can find any. <laughs> so, okay, the f the problem is, I spent literally eight hours one day doing this process of uh, collecting the gold bars, saving the game, exiting the game, coming back in, um, taking the gold bars, because and you've got to take these gold bars to get any actual money. You've got to take it to a fence. So of course. The, the, the middleman to we will sell the gold off to someone else. Um, and so that's how you make money. 500 bucks per gold bar. Okay. So you're making $15,000 nice. $15, a time. Sorry. Double distraction here. Sebastian here making hand gestures and it distracted me again. Yeah. They know not to do this now. <laughs> Especially while I'm talking. Uh, but um, so you get $1,500, oh no, sorry, $15,000 per, like, you, you can only hold 30 gold bars at a time. I Shockingly. Um, <laughs> Amazing when they when they each weigh about 20 kilograms that yeah. you could get up to 30. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm going to drop this a little. I was just handed a piece of paper by a gentleman dressed as Darth Maul asking me to not believe the lies of the Jedi, and he's handed me a newspaper which is just all about why the uh, Galactic Council is a good thing and why the Jedi are not to be trusted. And I just thought, this is great. Beautiful. So I'm going to take a picture of that and put it on our Facebook to link into today's episode. Well, it's also true in many respects. The Empire, oh. the Empire was right. The rebellion is wrong to have to have tried to try to shatter oh. the the political consensus. Definitely. I mean, who wouldn't want to follow <laughs> the evil dark ruler of the universe into whatever circumstances that he wants to put people into? What did he do that was so wrong? Everybody's working. Everybody seems to be smiling. He only deceived the entire population of the galaxy. A small oh, price to pay yes, for, for food Trump on your Trump has plate. only done that as well. So, okay. Oh, <laughs> you tread a fine line, sir. I do, I do, I do. Um, <laughs> so, so, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. Um, so... Where was I? Also, you were, uh, oh, yeah, so $15,000 a time you take all these 30, the 30 gold bars to the person. So of course. $30,000 in this time would have been like enough to retire on. And My like, God, you could buy a oh, nation you, for, for $30,000. Yeah, just about. Yeah. So um, I did this for an entire day and I got up to almost uh, – I was I was doing other things as well. Like of course. Like, Shooting animals and stuff, as you do, uh, hunting animals. It's part of the game. <laughs> you collect things from doing this. Um, <laughs> Please so continue I, I to got, dig this hole, thief I murderer. Got, <laughs> <laughs> I got about two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Use the equivalent of like three of the richest men alive today. Yeah. Using the money back then. Yeah. Well, no, uh, Rockefeller, at, at the time, John Rockefeller became the world's first billionaire in the year 1900. Oh. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah, that was that was so, some phenomenal wealth. Wow, yes. <laughs> In fact, by, depending on how you measure it, he is the richest man that has ever lived. Ever lived, yeah. Well, probably. Um, Sorry, but, Red yeah, Dead Redemption. So, yeah, Red yeah. Dead Redemption. Even I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I, d- I spent a day doing this, and so I got all this money, and I upgraded everything that I could, and I bought okay. all so the things got, that you, I could. You've got your solid gold carriage now. Oh, yeah. You've got it's, your, it's beautiful. You've, like, got your, uh, you've got your platinum-plated horse. Oh, yes. The, yeah, the horse with, shoes. With diamond shoes. Diamond, yep. Yeah, exactly. And so. It's got its own little handbag that it carries. All right, yeah. It actually already does. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a saddlebag. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I then decided – as I was watching some YouTube later on, that it'd be a good idea to do a bit of like research on the game and like okay. how much would actually be a good time to stop. And everywhere that I read was like, don't worry too much about the money ch- money glitch. Spoiler alert, you won't get to keep all the money that you ah. make anyway. Ah, when the updates <laughs> so, come out. Well, no, it's a part of the story. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Very <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, literally like something happens and is that Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> very, very convincing. Um, no, no, I don't even think he's in costume. Just looks very, very alike. Daniel Radcliffe. Shocking. Um, bringing so it back in. So, so as part of the storyline, you part will of the storyline lose uh, all your hard work. Yes, wasted one way or another. You will not have the money that I spent an entire day gathering. Um, At least it was so fun. I guess this is just a PSA, like. Don't waste your time doing that. Maybe do it once if you want to get like some yeah. upgrades and things and like help you camp out because you can donate the money to the camp as okay. well. Yeah. And you can upgrade, like get a chicken coop so the stew's better. It'll yada, yada, yada. Um, do it once or twice. Have a bit of fun or don't do it at all and play the game as it comes. Up to you. Very good advice. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, some ap- appropriate segue, I've been watching a lot of community recently. Getting b- oh, oh, oh no, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> it's a like fine show. Yeah. Actually, a, a surprising thing about it is that uh, it took me a long time to get into it. Really? But I, I didn't watch it for uh, the first year or two after it was released. And even then, it took me about eight or nine episodes to get into it. Looking back on it now, I'm surprised because I'm laughing at all the episodes as they come out. I don't know why there was this resistance. Yeah, I think it, I think maybe it was it was so in tune with my own humor that I I, I just couldn't couldn't believe that part of it. I was I was blown away by by, by that part and uh, just just couldn't get involved with it. I was still trying to process the fact that it was that it was as funny as it is. I honestly avoided it for a first while because I thought it looked cheap. Yeah, I hadn't, yeah, yeah, I hadn't exactly. watched an episode, just saw clips of it, like, oh, that looks like it's going to get cancelled. <laughs> I'm not going to give it a chance. And you know what? Technically, I was correct. Well, yeah. So... <laughs> Depending on, on again how you, how you read it and who you listen to, but I, I I'm a Rick and Morty fan as well. I mean Dan Harmon is is quite a good writer in that. But I've noticed a couple of things uh, between the between the two shows, specifically both Rick and Morty and Community, excellent episodes, excellent season arcs for the first two, and then it starts to go downhill slowly at first, but it starts to. It, it definitely peaks after season two. Was season three the, the latest season of Rick and Morty? Season three is the latest of Rick and Morty. I enjoyed that season. It, I just it's think, good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad season. I'm, I just think the show has peaked. I don't think it'll ever be as good as the first two seasons. Okay. We'll see how they go, I guess. Possibly. So this is, is this so much of a review? Is this a, like a doomsday prediction by Andrew? Well, it's, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it's almost the same show. Yep. 
in the fact that they, they use very much the same characters, the same dynamics between them. I know Rick and Morty is just Rick and Morty, the two of them, but I think a lot of the qualities of the community team are embodied into both of them. Dan Harmon has or, a very unique voice, and you can you can does. see the same lines playing off here and there. Yeah, it's unique, but repeated. Yes, like going Joss through Whedon, it. everyone's like, hey, this is lovely and fresh. <laughs> and then when you realize all of his characters are making the same kinds of jokes, yeah. they're like, oh no, that's just... That's just his voice. Yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll go so far as to say that in, in Community, Abed is obviously a meta uh, character. He's aware of the show in a sense. He, you know, he can predict the future. He knows things that are going to, yep. to happen. And he's a critic of, of, the, of their lives as they're being told by the, by the story. And he's aware of it in story form. There are some theories that go along uh, to say that Rick is also that, that that character in Rick and Morty, that he's aware that he's on a show and he plays up to that. I mean, he goes so far as to refer um, to episodes of their lives, which is yep. you can you can argue that it's just a, a a subtle way of he literally waves at the audience occasionally though, like he has no, like no, that's, direct that's, breaks. Yeah. That's exactly right, and and you can justify that or dismiss it at the same time with equal uh, um, weight. The worst was I as a running joke in my life, constantly have this thing going where I'm the star of a TV show. Yeah. There's probably a mental illness that comes across with saying that. <laughs> so for me, it's like, hey, you know what? It could legitimately just be a character trait that he thinks he's so important that he's willing to accept that he thinks he's the star of something. Exactly. So, it, But I don't think they're that clever. Maybe they are, to be fair. Who knows? Well, one last thing I wanted to mention about them is that they are, they are also two shows that have hyper-fandom. Yes. Like people are intensely Rabbit. into Rick and Morty, less so with Community, but it was it was pretty intense as well. Like if I people who love Community love Community. If I yelled out Community sucks or yeah. Rick and Morty is bullshit right here, this is the kind of place I would get lynched. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. So hyper fandom. Rick and Morty is bullshit. Okay. So <laughs> Alex is unfortunately He's thrown his, the gauntlet. his last show. <laughs> it was a really good one though. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, very I, involved. I, I just wanted they? to say I hope I hope Rick and Morty has a, has a long life, but I think it's peaked. You reckon? They've been signed for like, okay, I'm going to say the wrong number here and some dickheads are going to call me out, but they've been re-signed for like six years or some bullshit. Like they've got a and big, a large and stint. Di- like, I, th- I think the, the, the final season count will be nine. So that, that's six? Yeah. Huh, take yeah. that. I'm <laughs> probably right. Kind of. I guess. <laughs> I'm not used to Maybe. naming Maybe. Probably. You're yeah, probably have, right. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. We have a particular fan who it's it's their personal life mission to send me corrections of the things that I have said wrong <laughs> on this show. And every time yeah. it's like, oh, cool. Thank yeah, you. thanks. Because I, I've always thought this is more of a comedy, sort of like a banter show and not so much. Like I, I never say like, this is an absolute fact. It's always like, yeah, you know, it's vaguely what happened, right? Apparently it's it's not vague enough, Willow, because I, I keep hitting these <laughs> You know, little nuggets incorrectly. So I'm not sorry. It's got 10 years left. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Um, mine, I was going to put over a, a book series called... Uh, so the series is called Magic 2.0. It's done by um, author Scott Myers. Now, it's very light reading. I think there's four or five books I've read now from the series, which is up to date as of two months ago or so. Do you have them? I have not on me physically. So I can't borrow them right now? No, you couldn't borrow them anyway. <clears throat> Fine. Because um, I... <laughs> Still waiting on my Scott Pilgrim back from you. <laughs> well, yeah, yep, okay, yep, yep. yep. that is fair. <laughs> so the basic premise is um, the main character discovers he finds some code we're trying to hack into his workplace, and he finds some string of numbers which he he finds a bit unusual, and he starts changing them, and bits of his life start to change around him, and it turns out he is hacked into sort of like the life source code, and that we are all as human beings part of some sort of computer program. So he starts using it to 
give himself money, change his height here and there, like little adjustment, adjustments because he found he has found his specific file in this program. I don't know the title of it, but I'm absolutely certain there was a Twilight Zone episode on this very... Oh, possibly. Or I may be thinking of another show. Black but Mirror, maybe? I don't know. Possibly, yeah. but where, where you're, you're the author of your own... Uh, oh, it was a Will Ferrell movie. Oh no, he wasn't the author. He was just. Oh, the, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sure it was done before then. But yeah, Stranger Than Fiction was was exactly yeah. that uh, where where the character meets the author, yeah. who is uh, who has been writing all these horrible things for yes. for, for his life. So to happen. It, this isn't like writing like himself a storyline. This is literally like he has found his code that has like several numbers in it. One number matches up to his height. One matches up to his weight. One's his bank account. One's that, uh-huh. and he can adjust the numbers there. So. So he hacks his own life. Yes. So he makes himself a bit rich, and the FBI is like, "Where did all this money come from?" You know. Uh huh. He gets chased down, the FBI and the CIA get involved, and he's like, oh, God, what do I do? People are coming for me. Where do I go? So he decides to travel back in time because he can adjust the time period in which his body is sent to. And he's like, where can I go where I can use this technology, so use these powers that I have now and to live a good life? And he decides because he can use his phone to hack. Okay. And he's hacked it so his phone always has internet and all that. So he can go everywhere. So he decides to go back to medieval England and become a wizard. So I he see, goes of course, there. where there is no electricity or Wi-Fi. Because he can make stuff himself, though. Oh, right, goes, okay. Yeah. So he goes through right there. He'll be very powerful, limited time. left alone. Yeah. yeah. Sign of the premise. So he gets back there, and there's a town wizard there. Okay. And, and he's like, oh, this guy's literally, you know, he's a swindler. He's full of tricks and stuff. And finds that, no, this guy's done the exact same thing that he's done. <gasps> he's being like, I need to leave my time period. And he goes back, and he's become a wizard there. And it turns out there's like a whole community of time-traveling wizards that are all living in the same period in medieval England. Well, oh, that is fantastic. And he has to, like, join their ranks. And they have to they put him through, like, initiations and stuff to make sure he's not a psychopath because they've had people that have gone rogue and killed people okay. with their powers. So, like, he gets, it's all about, the first book's about getting into what? the group and then there's little adventures there's like five in the series but it's about him what being is, a fake wizard what is the series called Magic 2.0 yeah so the very first book is called Off to Be the Wizard okay um, but yeah if you search Magic 2.0 the series writer is Scott Myers they're they're very funny books it's it's not heavy reading at all the, the stories do try to go a little bit more complicated into like time travel here and stuff and there and play with paradoxes and all that but it is First and foremost, a comedy show. Uh, that comedy sounds book. fantastic. It's really good, and it's it's very light reading. Like you will nail them in like two weeks by yourself. Like if you just okay. like, sit down and read them. I beg to differ. It'll take me two months. <laughs> there are well, audio books on Amazon, which are quite lovely as well. Um, the perfect the, way to consume a, it. Yeah. yeah, that's how I did the first couple while I was doing night work at a shopping center. I would just like plow through them, and within one week, I'd have a book done just from lovely. like two hours every night, sort of we thing. Just burst out randomly while you're putting the roll ups on the on the top shelf. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed it. All right, and so we're back at Brisbane Supernova, and I have a very special guest with it. With us today, David Fairhurst. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So you've got a film coming out very soon, as by tomorrow night, I believe, right? Uh, well, it's already kind of toured around a fair bit of Australia so far. The film's called Reaching Distance, um, and we've had our premieres for New South Wales, South Australia, Victoria, and on uh, Monday the 12th, uh, we have both our Brisbane and Perth premieres happening at once. Oh, awesome. Are you yeah. excited? Uh, very excited, yeah. It should be good to kind of hit... Both these towns, because we have a lot of like good personal connections in both those towns, so it'll be kind of they'll be fun crowds. Awesome. Okay, yeah. do you want to tell us a little bit about the film, just for everyone that get a bit more interested? Uh, yeah. So uh, the film is a psychological thriller. Uh, it's about a guy with a photographic memory that ends up on a night rider bus in the middle of the night and realizes he's met every single passenger on the bus before. Oh, really? Including the person responsible for his sister's death. Um, and as he's trying to figure out what's brought them all together and maybe an actor's revenge. 
uh, the line between his memories and reality fractures and everything goes completely crazy. This movie sounds really fun. Like the premise alone is so interesting. It's very trippy. So you came up with all this or? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I wrote it, um, man, about four years ago. So it's been yeah. a long journey, but uh, I'm kind of a person that's obsessed with a lot of those kind of strange psychological yeah. ticks or things that people have. And so as someone who has a terrible memory, I was kind of fascinated by the idea of taking that idea of a photographic memory and making kind of physicalizing it, but also physical bringing forward like the emotion that kind of comes with memory as opposed to just, yeah, absolutely. It's a story about a detective that can remember things really well. I kind of wanted to show the effect that it has on a character from an emotional perspective and then also visualize it in a really cool way. So is there any part of the process that you think might be a bit more, a bit interesting here? Like do you want to go through about how you came from writing it four years ago up until actually filming it and getting it made out there? Uh, Yeah. So essentially long story short, I just bought a bus and we figured it out. Uh, (laughs) So like as the film was set on a bus, uh, I kind of stupidly, like we're trying to figure out whether we try to like fabricate a bus from scratch or, whether we buy one and just kind of drive in circles or um, do a big green screen setup. But what we ended up doing was I bought a bus for like five grand. um, And it was one of the ones that I used to catch to school every day as a kid. So it kind of had this great nostalgia kind of memory thing Mm. to it. Um, And I think a lot of Australians watching it will have that same kind of um, effect on them as well. So uh, we uh, got a a warehouse for a month, parked the bus in there, and we had a massive rear projection yeah, set yeah. up so we had I think 25 meters of rear projection screen <laughs> okay, five yeah. projectors running at once with these plates to make it look realistic when it was meant to be realistic but then when things go crazy we have like flashing colors and long exposure and all these kind of crazy plates to keep the bus fresh and visually interesting throughout the the story is the entire film set on the bus can you say essentially or? there's some yeah. spoilery stuff around yeah, that, yeah. that I don't want to go into but like in terms of whenever there's a flashback, it happens in the bus. So we turn the bus into an aquarium and a New Year's oh, Eve party. Really cool. And a nightclub and a cinema. And so we we just tortured this bus. Like we would strip seats in and out. We had couches in there, fridges in there. Um, we had 40 people in like a really sweaty rave at one point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we abused this poor bus, but it kind of allowed us to kind of physicalize that memory thing in the yeah. story, but also like make the film feel really kind of visually extreme and do it a sounds like it's a very stuff. interesting process especially taking in that one setting and having to develop it into so many other like sub settings within it yeah it sounds like just from like a pure like a like making it standpoint our art department great. were crazy like yeah. they like the the new year's eve party for example we shot on the same day as a nightclub and so they had to dress the bus to look like a ratty apartment and then strip it all down cover it in yeah. neon paints um and then work with our our lighting and camera crew to then turn it into the, a nightclub in the space of like an hour. That so is crazy. There were some really intense turnarounds and oh. I think everyone has tetanus now from just tearing seats in and out of it. But uh, yeah, right. it was fun. So where were the best place people to track down this film? Uh, so uh, if this is released before the 12th uh, yes, this, or around? Yes, this will go up either tonight. Yes, okay. it should so, be before uh, the release, yeah. We are at uh, Brisbane at the Maya Centre, kind of central event cinemas. Yep. Uh, at Brizzy on the 12th at 6.30pm and I'll be there doing a Q&A. Wonderful. Uh, and then we're, if you're in Perth, we have a screening at Event Cinemas in Aloo, also at 6.30 and we have uh, our cast member Anna Bowett, who's a yep. Perth local, uh, will be there doing a Q&A about kind of the acting side of the film yep. as well. Uh, and then if you're in New South Wales on the Central Coast, we have a screening at Avoca Beach Cinemas on the 19th at 7 o'clock. Uh, and then if you just check out our website, we're constantly adding screenings as we go. We're a bit of a 
guinea pig for our distributor with kind of the way we're doing it. If yep. they were just kind of, we're not dumping it in one cinema for a week. We're going all over the place where we know there's audiences and kind of taking the film to them over a longer period of time. So if you follow us on Insta at, at Reaching Distance or on Facebook at Reaching Distance, we're constantly updating whenever we have new screenings. Yep. We'll link you over to our socials there. So if you guys are following from the podcast, just jump onto our Facebook page. And you'll see all the links there as this episode has gone up. Awesome. Well, any closing words you'd like to give? Uh, like typically, it's an Australian film and it's Australian characters, Australian accents. And like typically, I think there's not a lot of really crazy genre stuff getting made for younger Australian audiences. Um, and we really wanted to break that mold and do something that was a bit more daring and wasn't a kitchen sink drama and kind of does all this visually extreme stuff. So if you are a bit tired of the way you of Australian films lately and haven't been feeling that they represent your tastes. Yep. Definitely give Reaching Distance a try because I think you might enjoy it. Wonderful. Sounds fantastic to me. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.